Welcome back. Let's talk about making an argument. And again, your fourth writing assignment is going to be a persuasive argument. We've set this argument up in a very specific way. So let me recap. We've talked about different communities that we reside in. And we've talked about local problems in those communities. And I've shown you some examples of letters to editors and opinion pieces in commonly found in newspapers. And what I want you to focus on for this fourth writing assignment is solving a local problem in one of your communities. Before I give you an overview of the assignment, I want to give you a in-depth look at how to make an argument. So making an argument persuasive writing is the attempt to convince someone to accept an idea, policy, or take some sort of action. So what I want you to do right now is actually pause this video and think about things that you are exposed to every day that are trying to persuade you to either accept an idea, a policy, take some action, purchase an item, believe a certain way. So pause the video, make, make a short list of things that, that try to persuade you in everyday life. And as you can see, there are lots of things in everyday life that try to persuade us. Everything around us is some sort of persuasion. Every commercial, every advertisement, every billboard, every, uh, every magazine ad, everything is trying to persuade you of something. So when we're talking about persuasion in writing, there are four things that I want you to focus on. Uh, and they are all interrelated. So the first one is take a position on a topic that you can argue. The second one is develop reasons for your position. Third, support those reasons with evidence. And then last, acknowledge the opposition. So by opposition, I mean, what's the counter argument? And I'm going to flesh these out for you here in a moment. First, take a position. Make sure your position is focused and clear. This is where you can use the cause and effect techniques to really get at what you're arguing. What are you really arguing? The more specific, the better. And your thesis statement should clearly state your position. At, you should not be nice in this essay. You should not be riding the fence on a position. You want to take a very clear position on one side or the other. Of your of your argument that's step one step two develop reasons for your position and here's where we need to think about audience and I'll talk a little bit about audience towards the end of this lesson consider who your audience is what would make your audience accept your position and the reason audience is important is that your reasons will differ depending on your audience so if you're trying to make an argument to persuade someone in your family to watch a specific movie. Uh, you know that family member. You know what makes them tick. You know what makes them work. You know their likes and dislikes. Now, if you were to take that same film and you want to persuade a complete stranger uh, to watch it, you might not know what their likes and dislikes are. So you need to think about how your reasons can appeal to that specific audience member. The next step, support your uh, reasons with evidence. 
each reason needs evidence. If you don't have evidence, you're not going to have a you're not going to have a sound argument. So, a very simple example is in the courtroom. If a prosecutor is trying to uh, prove that someone committed a crime, if they don't have a motive, if they don't have the murder weapon, if they don't have an eyewitness, if they don't have DNA or fingerprints or video surveillance, if all they have is a hunch and a guess, no jury is going to convict someone based on that evidence. The same thing goes with your argument. If you have accurate, powerful evidence, your reasons are going to be seen as more valid and you're more likely to convince someone to accept your position. Acknowledge the opposition. So let me spend a little bit of time here. Every argument has an opposing side. Every argument that you can think of, there is, an, there is another side to it. Uh, acknowledge the op opposing side in your argument. And the reason why I, I, I always recommend my students do this is because it does a couple things. First, it beats your, your, your opposition to the punch, right? So if you're thinking about in the example I, I mentioned in the in the previous lesson, uh, my student wanted her landlord to install safety lights outside. That landlord is probably going to argue s something in regards to it costs a lot of money, and if if I install those lights, then I'm going to have to raise everyone's rent. Let's just say that's the opposition. If in her argument she can acknowledge that she can say something in her argument to the effect of. I know installing safety lights is uh, it costs a good bit of money to get to purchase the lights, to get someone to install it, to get someone an electrician to run the wiring. But here's why it's extremely important. She can take the argument out of her opposition before her opposition can even counter argue. Another thing acknowledging the opposition does is it demonstrates your knowledge on the topic. So you're not just arguing the first thing that's coming off of the top of your head. You've actually thought about this. You've researched it. You know why certain things aren't happening. But at the same time, here is why your ideas are better and necessary. So I always encourage students, get to know your opposition and acknowledge it in your argument. Another thing you need to do before you start writing this assignment is consider your audience. So who your audience is, and your audience, by the way, is the person for this, for this assignment is the person or the group you're trying to persuade. Whoever they are should influence how you develop your argument. You can have the same argument with a different audience and you should have different reasons. So, for example, the, my former student who wanted uh, safety lights installed around her building, she's going to make that argument a certain way to her landlord, right? What does that landlord really care about? Well, he cares about filling his apartments and getting people's rent, right? So how can she argue that to her landlord, that safety lights are important? Keeping that in mind, that he cares about keeping his apartments filled. Really simply, if, if enough of his, his residents get fed up because of the lack of safety, they can leave. And then he will have fewer residents and less money. Right. So what he cares about as an audience member 
determines how to make the argument. Now, if that same student was going to make this argument to uh, her neighbor in the apartment building, right? She wants to get her neighbor to sign a petition to, to show the landlord that they need safety lights. And her neighbor doesn't really know anything about this, doesn't necessarily care, doesn't want her rent to go up. How is she going to make that argument to her neighbor? What does her neighbor care about? Her neighbor doesn't care about filling the apartments or making sure she pays rent on time, right? Her neighbor cares about probably her safety, the safety of her family and her kids. So my student would make that argument a different way if she was trying to convince her neighbor. She could say, listen, I know that you have young kids and you work third shift and your partner works first shift. We all need to be safe and feel protected when we, when we pull up to the building. That's why we need to install these lights. So whoever your audience is, is going to shift how you make your argument. So at this point, what I want you to do before you begin this fourth writing assignment, I want you to take some time and jot down what your position on your argument is. What position are you taking? Use the cause and effect uh, techniques that we talked about. What are you really arguing? And you should identify who your audience is. Who's in charge? Who can control the problem? And I will make this one recommendation. The more local your audience is, the better. So let me give you an example. I've, I have a lot of students every semester who want to make the argument uh, about legalizing marijuana, right? And then I say, okay, that's fine. Who is your audience? Who are you going to convince? More often than not, my students will say, everyone in America is my audience, or all the members of Congress, or my favorite, the President of the United States. The problem with that is that the audience is too big. How are you going to convince every single person in the United States to accept your position? That's, that's a pretty big task. Congress is a little smaller in numbers. How are you going to convince every uh, Congress member to accept your position? There are a lot of different opinions and uh, competing values with this issue. Uh, the president as an audience is interesting because how are you going to have access to the president? And just imagine how many uh, petitions the president gets. Also, is that the most effective audience? Uh, as we see the, the use of uh, legalization of marijuana across the U.S., it's not really a federal issue, right? It really boils down to the state and what the state decides. So we have states across the country that are legalizing it for medicinal purposes. We have a couple states that are legalizing it for recreational usage. So the more local, the better. It may make more sense to argue the legalization of marijuana to a state governor or a state representative rather than someone on the federal stage. So who your audience is, is going to impact your argument. The more local you can make your, your argument and the more local your audience member is, the better chance that you have at convincing that audience of your position. So in the next lesson, we will talk about 
uh, more specifics about the fourth writing assignment. I've kind of hinted at it over the last few lessons, and I want to show you that write-up uh, in our next lesson.